Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. Not sure you even want to at this point, but uh, if there's anybody left, hopefully you're out there. I'm sure you are. But uh, today's game about as unwatchable as you can ever see. Vikings end up losing the game, of course, to the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field, 16-6. Let's call it 16 to nothing. Might as well have been because it pretty much was a 16 to nothing game against Chase Daniel. Yeah, Chase Daniel. What? I mean, that's freaking awful. Yep, we can add uh, Chase Daniel to the list of uh, Chicago Bears, mediocre Chicago Bears quarterbacks that defeat the Vikings in embarrassing fashion. Uh, in recent history, going back to 1994, you had a guy by the name of Steve Bleep and Walsh crush the Vikings in the postseason. And then you had somebody years ago named Jim Miller. Okay, so Jim Miller, yeah, and it's like, and he just schooled the Vikings, Bears Bears quarterback, backup quarterback, just kind of backup starter, whatever the heck he was, just band-aid quarterback, because that was the Bears for the longest time, and still kind of is, because Chase Daniel was a Saints backup quarterback, I guess, and when you're backing up Drew Brees, until this year anyway, you don't get a whole lot of action, kind of like Tom Brady with the Patriots, the only year you ever saw any action was 2008, because the poor guy tore his ACL in the season opener, and they still went 11-5. and five. That's how good that team is and stuff. And then, <laughs> and then Mr. Matt Castle got a $60 million contract from the Chiefs and played for the Vikings, and we had fun with that, like Castlevania and Matt's Quest and the Curse of Christian Ponder. You know, Castlevania 2, Castlevania 3, yeah. Anyhow, I'm just delaying the inevitable here. And this time I have the Vikings and Giants history loaded, which is good. But let's get to the game. I don't know how short, how long this is going to be. I don't think it's going to be long like the Packer one where it was just like one rant after another. This is more of a kind of like a kind of a consoled, unhappy, sad, depressing kind of a game where it was pretty much like the weather today. Like you woke up this morning if you live in the Twin Cities and it's just a nonstop. There, there was rain and then there was mist and then it just never stops and it's cold as heck and... I don't know. It's, I guess it's fall. Yay. Uh, I don't know. It was pretty bad, I guess. Uh, Kirk, <laughs> it was pretty bad, I guess. Yeah, just generally speaking, you have an offensive line that uh, can't pass protect. Now they can't run protect, uh, run block per se. There was just nobody down the field. I mean, every time you saw any type of a quick little screenplay, there was nobody downfield blocking. It was just like, hey, buddy, you're on your own. That's all we can say, and that's kind of what this case was with Delvin Cook today. Kirk Cousins, every half a second he dropped back to pass, he was pretty much getting hit by somebody. Was it Khalil Mack? He was being rushed by him. He was getting rushed by uh, one guy after another. It was uh, some of the most tiring stuff you ever saw. Nick Williams, yep, Khalil Mack got a second half. Nick Williams got two. Just kind of smothered Kirk Cousins. Kayakowski, pardon me, Kayakowski, say that about say that fast three times. Yeah, I, I don't think you need to do that. This kind of looked like the Vikings against Detroit like last season in a meaningless game when we got 10 sacks against a crappy Detroit team, team and we ended up missing the playoffs anyway. Yeah, well, I I think Chicago might be better than that than what the Vikings were last year. Maybe. For their sake, I hope so, I guess. But I don't know. This was garbage. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris you know, if I just want to come out like the angry video game nerd when he was doing one of his Christmas videos and then he brought up one of the games, was it like Flight to Egypt? 
and he just said, it's bad, and he just moved on to the next game. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about this. Can I just make it like a two-second game review and just say it's bad and move on? No, that probably wouldn't go over too well. Xavier Rhodes is starting to look more like Cedric Griffin. He's starting to look like Cedric Griffin out there. Uh, Anthony Barr, invisible. You know, I mean, I just, I, I don't know, his two tackles today were barely noticeable. Uh, Shamar Stefan was one of the few positives out there. He, he wound up getting a sack like in the fourth quarter. Yay, it took like the whole bleeping game to get there. McKenzie Alexander was back. He was okay. He was not okay. He was okay. He was not okay. Anthony Harris got banged up. Uh, Daniel Hunter was, I, I thought Daniel Hunter was a presence out there, but it just wasn't the same. Uh, the Bears just schooled everybody. Mike Hughes. Yeah, here's the thing. Kind of like the bottom line today with this Bears offense. Now, of course, there's a reason why Chase Daniel was playing. was because Mitchell Trubisky injured his shoulder, his left shoulder, very early in the game. It looked kind of nasty. looked kind of nasty. A little awkward landing there, and the arm was in a different place than it probably should have been. So I, he might have ended up like one of my coworkers with a dislocated shoulder, which I think is a pretty high possibility, probability, with the looks of that injury. Uh, Marcus Charles is back, and so is Laquan Treadwell. We'll talk about that in segment number three in terms of your responses to that. But yeah, Marcus Charles is back, and he was catching the balls. He wasn't fumbling them, and I don't know. He looked a little better than Chad Beebe as a, as a punt returner, but not much. I mean, these days, punt returns are so rare. I mean, it, but he didn't fair catch a whole lot, which is kind of cool. You didn't see the fair catches. You saw him attempting some returns. He was okay, but the guy lost a step, I don't know how many years ago. He, he doesn't have the quickness he used to. He, he doesn't. Come on, be, be honest. He does not have the quick step of use. Otherwise, he would have never been let go by the Vikings. He would have been retained. Uh, Kyle Rudolph was invisible. You didn't see any tight ends at all. Uh, Cedric Paulding asked that in the in-game threads. Like, do we have any tight ends? I don't think we do. <laughs> I don't. Uh, BC or Ola BC. I always call him. Oh, I just call the whole name usually. But BC Johnson, number 81, got his uh, debut, his NFL debut today, his first four catches. And he caught all of them coming his way for 35 yards. Stefan Diggs had a big day. But, of course, the Vikings, again, had to pass the ball way more often than they'd like to. And the run game just wasn't working at all. It just wasn't. I mean, there was no run blocking at all. And the pass blocking has gone completely kaput, as they would say in Germany. Yeah, most of you know that word already. Completely kaput. Uh, left tackle, Riley Reef is done. <laughs> I think he's pretty much toast. I don't really see much. I, I, I don't really see much of a future with him as our left tackle. I... Again, Xavier Rhodes, he's cooked. And and it's sad. Is he even 30 years old? I mean, it seems like yesterday the guy was drafted. What was it, 2013? 2013? That's not that long ago, is it? And it's like he didn't have like a Achilles tear like uh, old big mouth Richard Sherman. See, that's an excuse. That's a pretty good excuse for you to be slowing down when you, when you drafted in 2011. And 2011 is getting to be a little ways away now. But an Achilles bleep and tendon when you're like supposed to be the fastest player on the entire field, which is a cornerback, of course. That's an excuse, I would have to say, especially when you got to turn and all that and go backwards. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes, he's been banged up off and on, but half the time, is it like a Brett Favre acting job, like getting bumped with the ball and he's acting like he was shot like six times or something? I mean, and that's kind of like the case there. So I don't know what else to say on that one. <laughs> Two catches by your tight ends today for a whopping 17 yards. That's going to get it done. Kirk Cousins, every time he gets hit, you're afraid he's going to fumble the ball away. Because he did, multiple occasions. He was efficient when throwing the ball today, but he missed on a couple of big plays, of course, because he always does. I mean, he always does. When it's like a sure touchdown to Thielen or Diggs or whoever, he always misses on him. He just does. 
And then every time a bleeping backup quarterback that some of you have kind of heard of, but you hardly ever saw play because you never really did see Chase Daniel play. You, you just didn't see him play. He's like, you know, he's like Sasquatch. I mean, who who really knows who Chase Daniel is? He never got drafted. Quarterback of Missouri, yes, he played in games here and there for the New Orleans Saints. Okay, I shouldn't trash on him too much. He did well for the Saints years ago when Breeze did miss time, but still nothing that spectacular at the end of the day when you look at his numbers. I mean, most of the time he came in because the Saints were blowing people out. So it's like, yes, he appeared in games with the Saints, but it was just in little moments when they were either getting blown out or blowing people out, depending on what point of the the run was in, because I know the Saints' defense was horrendous for a while after they won the Super Bowl. Their defense kind of vanished off the face of the earth. Uh, three years with New Orleans, yes, he appeared in a bajillion games, but he completed one pass. He attempted one pass in 2012, five in 2011, three in 2010, um, five games with the Kansas City Chiefs in 2013, three in, in 2014, and two in 2015. One game with Philly where he completed a pass, a pass, and with Chicago last season, he actually saw a little bit of action. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. Those are the both career highs. So, again, career highs. So, you look at his entire career. In 61 games, he attempted 154 passes. <laughs> Four touchdowns, three interceptions. So, his entire career is basically like a couple games, you know, maybe, add them together, like just a couple, maybe maybe four games or something, and only four touchdowns. So that's because it was such min- uh, minuscule action in the times he did get in there. But you know what? From South Lake, Texas, South Lake, Texas, I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? South Lake, Texas, Chase Daniel from South Lake, Texas. So exactly. It, Jim Drunkenmiller, Jim Miller, and... Steve Walsh, I mean, should, should we go on and on? Obviously, Jim McMahon wasn't a big name, but he was a good name. He was a good starting, solid starting quarterback who got the job done for the Bears. That's the most recognizable Bears quarterback, really, other than Jay Cutler, who wasn't good, really, most of the time. He'd just have his moments because he had this this good arm and then he didn't do anything else, which is what I'm beginning to think is uh, <laughs> a much louder version of Jay Cutler would be uh, Kirk Cousins because he's more animated and his voice is like ten deci- ten, ten, like 100 decimals louder than uh, uh, <laughs> Jay Cutler's. That's about the difference there. Other than that, the same mistakes, the same frustration, the same overhype, the same higher contract, the same disappointment. Yeah. It just all kind of comes together in one big pile of you-know-what. That's kind of what today's game was. I, I, I don't even want to talk about it, honestly. Delvin Cook wound up with 35 uh, receiving and rushing yards. He did get in the end zone on a very nice hurry-up offense drive where the Bears were just kind of holding back and just kind of making sure the Vikings didn't make big plays and making sure the clock just kept ticking, which is fine. I mean, the the Bears weren't all that worried the Vikings were going to come back, but of course there's always that opportunity. And if the Vikings did make it closer, you'd just know what would happen. Kirk Cousins would get strip-sacked again or something. Something along those lines. That's exactly what would happen. All of you know it, and that's not just being Mr. Negativity, Mr. Bad Attitude, Mr. Fake Viking Fan who doesn't know any... Or, all he does is come out and rip the Vikings. No, you got to be honest. You got to be an NFL fan first and a Viking fan second. Not because you're just like cheering for everybody but the Vikings. You just have to come out and be honest. It's better to be honest, especially when you're hosting a show. At the end of the day, the Chicago Bears defense looks stellar. Uh, the Vikings defense looks 
not terrible, but certainly beatable, and they were beatable today. The Bears beat them with nickel and dime plays, and then they beat them deep, and then because the Vikings were giving them space. I mean, every Viking cornerback today was giving the Bears space, and I'm, I'm did not understand it. Uh, the plays were timed out very well by Nagy, I suppose. I mean, it's just like that. <laughs> they were he managed a good game, and he got and he outcoached Mike Zimmer, plain, plain and simply outcoached Mike Zimmer's defense. Nagy's offense versus Zimmer's defense. Of course, the stellar offense of uh, Stefanski and Kubiak looks pretty ordinary uh, when you go up against an excellent defense like this. Uh, Chuck Pagano did his job there with the Bears after leave, getting uh, <laughs> involuntary discharged from the uh, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts after last season. Uh, long overdue, unfortunately, but still a good coordinator. Um, Chicago Bears' defense looks absolutely spectacular. They were constantly not allowing the Vikings to get anything. The entire day, it felt like the Bears' offense was about a half step ahead of the Vikings' defense, for the most part. They just, they got what they needed to when they needed to, bottom line. Kind of like Aaron Rodgers in fourth quarters against the Vikings or whoever. Or first quarters, which is all they needed. Yeah. Not bitter about that one. Uh, (laughs) And then, it seemed like the Bears' defense was always about three steps ahead of the Vikings' offense. I mean, it was... It was a slight, the Vikings offense was good enough per se, or excuse me, the Bears offense was good enough per se. Again, like I was saying, like about a half step ahead of the Vikings defense, particularly on every, gosh darn, fourth and short, third and short. It was beyond frustrating. It just ate at your soul. That's how frustrating it was throughout this game with the third down conversions of the Chicago Bears that seemed to never end. And I mean, it just was endless. It was something else. Oh, uh, but again, that Bears defense was about three or four steps ahead of the Vikings offense throughout the game. It was uh, a sight to behold. It was disgusting, to be quite honest. (sighs) Trying to find positives here and there, not too many. Um, And it's like, you look at the Bears, third down efficiency of 5 and 16, Yes, it stunk, generally speaking. But on the drives that the, that led to the scores, they got everything they needed. It's uh, every single one of those third down plays took place. They made a they converted a couple of fourth downs. I mean, at the end of the game was the only time really that the Vikings ever turned the Bears over on downs, and that's just because the Bears were looking to run the clock out at the end of the day. Vikings four uh, five and thirteen on third downs, and most of those conversions were like at the end there, including that fourth down conversion that saved our balls late in the game. Uh, the Vikings ended up rushing for sixteen total yards at the end of the day. Two per rush. Wow, that's that's sickening. That's overall and the and the net yards rushing. No, oh, excuse me. The the net yards rushing were forty. Forty net yards rushing on sixteen rushes, good for two and a half. Oof. Yeah, and again, the Bears' run running game, not thing much to brag about either, but slightly better at the end of the day. Same with the passing game, kind of interchangeable. Chase Daniel completed what he needed to. Kirk Cousins completed some passes down the stretch. To Kirk Cousins' credit, he was accurate. But, I mean, it's just like when you're looking for your $28 million quarterback to not get you killed, to be a, a game manager like maybe like Chase Daniel on the other side who's probably making, I don't know, maybe maybe a little over a million or two or three, something like that. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a big financial difference there. About $25 million difference per season. That's pretty ridiculous. And you're looking for, your expectations are, I don't know, not that much different, to be quite honest. That's, 
That's very telling for the Vikings situation at the quarterback position right now. Just don't throw a stupid interception. Just don't fumble. Just don't panic and do something insane at the last second, uh, right before you're going to get stacked. Like, just throw the ball away, stay calm, and come back and, like, you know, complete a pass the next attempt or something. Like, look for something better next time or hope that somebody's open, this and that. That's what the good quarterbacks do. They just simply throw the ball away, and if they have to punt, you have to punt. It's not the end of the world. Not looking to make some insane, like, Magic Johnson-type play to somebody who isn't there. I mean, that's just all you see is the fumble, 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 fumble. Ugh. I mean, Kirk Cousins is fumble. He had one fumble loss officially. He had another one that ended up losing about 30 yards, though. Luckily recovered by Brian O'Neill, so the Vikings could punt. Yay. I mean, at least we were able to punt the ball instead of giving the Bears the ball back after making a pretty decent drive, but ended up pushing the Vikings completely out of field goal range and literally all the way back into Viking territory. Laughable. That just kind of sums up the whole game. I mean, anytime the Vikings thought they had a chance, there was a holding call. Anytime Delvin Cook could break loose, so to speak, for like an eight-yard gain, that's what breaking loose was today. There was a hold. There was a hold. And then next thing you know, here comes uh, Britton Colquitt. It sounds like one of the coolest guys ever. Heard him on uh, Paul Allen much earlier in the week. He was fairly busy today, five punts, but so was Pat O'Donnell. Both of them had a pretty nice game, actually. No touchbacks whatsoever. Three in the 20 for Colquitt, two in the 20 for O'Donnell. Oh, why am I talking about punters? But that's kind of what the Vikings game was about today, was punting. And, I don't know, even Mike Hughes didn't look so good today either. He looked exactly like all the others. He got beat. He just got beat. He didn't get roasted, but he got beat. He got beat on that third down conversion. Then ended up leading to another Bears score later in the game. And, I don't know, that's just that's just what kind of game it was. So, with that said, can we pass out the awards and just move on and attempt to flush this out? I mean... The Vikings' chances of making the playoffs this year are, well, I I don't even know. I mean, if they make it, they make it, but I I don't know. I would like to do more than just get roasted in the first round against somebody. That's about all that would happen, I think, right now. I mean, you don't have a good enough offensive line, and your quarterback does what he does. You can't count on the guy. You just can't. Uh, and he's over this, over that, you know, and his record just stinks and against winning record teams. And that's just all there is to say. So the Fran Tarkington Award for today's show is going to probably wind up at <laughs> Shamar Steffen, uh, I guess. Shamar Steffen, Daniil Dan- Hunter. It's not going to go to Delvin Cook today, but it certainly isn't his fault. It just isn't his fault. Uh, it's not going to be Xavier Rhodes, that's for sure. Uh, Harrison Smith was solid in the game. Everson Griffin got pen- penalized in what was... A stop for the Vikings that ended up being a first down for the Bears. That didn't help. Shamar Stephan and uh, Daniel Hunter, I think, with the pressure they put on the quarterback here and there. And offensively, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Stephon Diggs for sure offensively was good. Uh, he actually started yelling in the direction of uh, Kevin Stefanski late in the game. You could hear some frustration from him. He didn't put the Vikings in any danger. He was actually pretty solid today, without a doubt. Uh, he got over the century mark, which is nice. So, at least Cousins completed passes today, but the fumbles just, that's never going to go away. It's just not. I mean, he's Dave Craig, Dante Culpepper, and whoever else rolled into it, and Warren Moon all rolled into one. Just the same fumbles, the same lack of victories against good teams on the road, and an awful playoff record. In fact, one involving a zero in the W column. So, 
that's just all there is to say about that. Uh, Fran Tarkenton, yep, I passed that out already. Uh, Daniels. <laughs> what am I saying? Daniel Hunter. Daniels, yeah. just Might as well just go to Daniel, right? That's about it. That's, I'm just disoriented even thinking about it right now. Shamar Stephan and Daniel Hunter. So, otherwise, the Christian Trond Memorial... It goes to the offensive line. They did absolutely no favors for this offense today because, you know, even though the defense got beat here and there, they still kept the Bears to 16 points. I mean, you can score as good as this Bears defense is. It's possible. It's possible to score 17 points against this Bears team. It's possible, right? It's not impossible completely. A little offensive line protection would have helped. I mean, Riley Reef, all of them. I mean, it's just awful. Brian O'Neill was the closest thing to uh, respectable out there. The rest of them, I mean, Dakota Dozier was awful. Uh, Riley Reef was hideous. And Bradbury so far has been a disappointment. Definitely not time to call him a bust. Uh, Klein not being available didn't help. And Dakota Dozier is his backup for a reason. So that's just kind of all she wrote there. We're just going to call it a day here. With that, we'll take a break. And we will return with... Hopefully a more fun, entertaining segment number two when we look at the NFC North, which continues to be heading in the northern direction rather than, except for us, including our opponent today. They're moving north, we're moving south at the moment. And we'll be having the uh, Cowboys and Saints flashing in the background like we always do. Sunday Night Football for segment number two. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Hopefully I'll be a little more upbeat and we can enjoy ourselves a little more here in this one. Again, Sunday night football flashing in the background. You got Teddy Bridgewater going against the Dallas Cowboys and the tease is on. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater and the Cowboys, or Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints. Uh, You know, I might actually kind of like the Saints now, at least with Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. I I feel myself actually rooting for the Saints week in and week out. At least this is week number two of rooting for them. This time against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I don't like the Cowboys. Do you like the Cowboys out there? Anybody? Nah, I don't like the Cowboys at all. Minnesota will be playing the New York Giants next week. And it's a nooner, thankfully. So, oh well. This schedule hasn't been too harsh. So, things are okay. Moving a little faster today after the game than normal. Usually I kind of have a more relaxed style of recording this show. After a nooner. Take a little time between... First segment and segment two, but right now we're just moving right along as you had the kind of the kickoff getting going with segment one, but that's just how it's going to go week in and week out with these uh, second half group of games, we'll say, when we're in the second group, but which is totally fine as long as you can actually get it done. Sorry for rambling. Let's keep moving. Thursday night football was actually a pretty good game. It was a not a bad game at all, actually. Philadelphia and Green Bay. Yeah, we'll get back to that much later, unfortunately. Luckily, that team didn't go north either, so I should stop complaining. Tennessee and Atlanta, what is going on with the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, they're done. They're done. It's just like last year now with the Falcons. They're done. One and three, and the Tennessee Titans keep their season alive. 24-10 to 10 impressive victory in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, one of the fanciest buildings in the NFL. In fact, some publications actually called it the number one stadium in football. They're the U.S. Bank Stadium ranked fourth. Fourth? Come on! But at least we're in the top five, I suppose. 
Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Marcus Mariota had one of his good games, we'll say. The Atlanta defense isn't what it was. And Dan Quinn's, I, I don't know how Dan Quinn's going to be returning next year if this keeps up. So, unfortunately for him, because uh, Marcus Mariota looked pretty damn good. Uh, Kirk Cousins, well, he only attempted 10 passes against the Falcons, so I better just shut up about that. Marcus Mariota attempted 27. Dang it. Three touchdowns, a quarterback rating just under 130. And Matt Ryan couldn't do a whole lot against a pretty good Tennessee defense, but it's a freaking home game. That should help a little bit. Derrick Henry rushed for a classic old-school 27 rushes for 100 yards, 3.7 a carry. That is some old-school Emmett Smith-style football right there, just kind of pounding away. But, of course, Emmett probably would get a few more yards per carry in that situation. Atlanta getting the yardage, getting the yardage, but not getting the job done when it matters most, and that's where the frustration absolutely jumps in. So that's just kind of how that goes at the end of the day for the Falcons. But at the end of the day, isn't that who the Falcons have kind of become? I kind of think it is. They just get yards and then they don't score and stuff. I don't know. They're just not that great, are they? New England classic football. There are a couple of first place teams. You would have thought this was like, I don't know, the old days, like the 90s with uh, Jim Kelly versus Drew Bledsoe, maybe a young Drew Bledsoe, New England quarterback back in the day. Two teams trying to vie for the AFC East Championship. 3-0 Buffalo, 3-0 New England Patriots. 16-10. Kind of This is kind of a lower scoring game as well after New England got up to an early start. Buffalo defense definitely kind of slowing things down, but the Patriots still wind up remaining undefeated. The Buffalo Bills end up going home with their first loss of the year. Nice to see Buffalo starting things out well. I hope they make the playoffs. Josh Allen hurt today, though. That's unfortunate. Hopefully he'll be okay, and he actually did not have a good game at all. Three interceptions, and that's one of the reasons also here today. Just, it didn't even look healthy out there the way he was playing. And the Patriots, and of course Bill Belichick, the genius defensive master he is, made Josh Allen look like a moron. And Matt Barkley, well, was respectable against the Patriots, but nothing great. He, I don't know. The interception he threw, where he was he was basically a Kirk Cousins type of play. Like, throw the ball away, you idiot. Instead, he like twirls around. And of course, I know there's a defender coming. And it was kind of a split-second thing. But what the hell was that? That was awful. Uh, Belichick's defense goats the Bills into three interceptions along the way throughout the game. The Patriots still only wind up with 16 total points. And the you know still end up winning, only by six, winning by only six points. Tom Brady also very much stifled by a very good Buffalo defense. So this was kind of like the, uh, the Super Bowl, really. A very low-scoring competition today between these two teams. But Frank Gore with over 100 yards on the ground, and he is now your fourth leading rusher in NFL history and the fourth player ever to rush for 15,000 yards in his career. Congratulations, Frank Gore, and uh, what a great effort. Great effort. He needed about he needed about 88 yards, and he got over 100. So, Frank Gore, congratulations. What an amazing career. 15,000 yards today. Awesome. 15,000 yards throughout his career. Again, fourth running back in NFL history to do that, and I couldn't be happier for him. Love him to death. Frank Gore, one of my all-time favorites, and key, you know, keep it coming. Oh, I love Teddy Bridgewater, but the Cowboys defense kind of goading him into some stuff there. I don't know, and it's not necessarily his fault. That was a fumble by the uh, Saints receiver a couple minutes ago. Uh, that just kind of is what that is. At the end of the day, Chiefs in Detroit, we'll get back to that later. What an epic battle that was. The Oakland Raiders actually won a game against a team that was playing significantly better the past few weeks, and then today, this is a 
pretty big setback for them, despite good numbers by Mr. Brissett. Pretty crazy when you think about that. Pretty crazy indeed. Jacoby Brissett threw three touchdowns, 265, but the Oak Town Raiders actually win the game. Derek Carr got the job done today, 31-24 in Lucas Oil Stadium. Derek Carr, very efficient, not spectacular, but efficient enough, multiple touchdowns. But Jacoby Brissett did throw three, but a key interception in the game didn't help. Josh Jacobs and Trevor Davis combined for 150 yards. Pretty good performance there. Josh Jacobs, solid. But Trevor Davis with a 60-yard long on a trick play there. That ended up working out pretty well for the Oakland Raiders down the stretch. A reverse play. Uh, Darren Waller continuing to be the, best, the solid stud he was last week from uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. Very solid performance as well. And the Oakland Raiders get their second win of the season. Good for them. Did Daniel Carlson, did Daniel Carlson make all his kicks today? Did he, did he? Uh-huh. And he, yes, he attempted only one, and he made it from 26 yards out, which would have helped against the Packers. I'm still not bitter about that. Want to make it all four of his uh, extra points. Yay. The Chargers end up rolling over the Miami Dolphins. The Chargers finally getting back on track again. And they're still only third place in the AFC West. They have the same record as we do. Yay. 30-10 to 10 over the 0-4 Dolphins, who will likely have the number one pick in the draft. And they'll probably take a quarterback, and Josh Rosen will get traded again. Because Josh Rosen's just an average, mediocre guy who thinks he's better than everybody. And he's not. And we're happy for him that he can put uh, plastic bottles together to help build his shoes. And that's nice and everything. I'm actually against pollution myself, but... Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, he has some special skills, including that very nice long-distance touchdown that took place early in the game on a third-and-two play. But uh, I, I don't know. That was a good play, but other than that, I mean, it's just there's nothing that great to brag about. He's not the reason they stink, though, either. I mean, it's just that he's not necessarily this uh, solution, I don't think. I don't, I, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. That's just We'll just leave it at that. We'll see, though. Maybe he is. Maybe he truly is. We'll see. Good play to Devontae Walker very early, but unfortunately for Rosen and the Dolphins, it was an awful week down the stretch once again for them. And uh, I don't know. They might, they're might. they looking a lot like the 0-16 Lions week in and week out. They are looking pretty bad. Uh, New York Giants, yeah, we'll leave that alone. They played against their division rivals today and wasn't much of a wasn't much of a fight from the Washington Redskins. Giants are nothing spectacular, but you can tell they're getting better a little bit. They're getting better. Their defense is certainly improving. The Brown Bowl, the annual Brown Bowl, at least there's text, actually two of them every year. <laughs> one in Cleveland and one in Baltimore, the Brown Bowl, because the Baltimore Ravens were the Cleveland Browns, and then the Cleveland Browns were recreated in 1999. I say this twice every bleeping season, so sorry to be a little goofy. 40 points by the Cleveland Browns. This is easily their best game in a while, their best game all season so far. I would have to say, on their second win of the season, impressive victory. Lamar Jackson put up some good numbers, but he had a couple of interceptions in the game. Baker Mayfield got the yards. He did a little Matt Ryan action today, you could say. Put up 342 yards, but only one touchdown, and did throw an interception down the stretch. Uh, Nick Chubb was the main reason here. He was the he was the Delvin Cook, we'll say. I won't call him Adrian Peterson. We'll call him the Delvin Cook of the Cleveland Browns. Wow, an 88-yard long along the way. And if you had him on your fantasy team, you won because he got 165 yards and three touchdowns. You won the game. You won, period. And 
Look at this. Their number two running back also wears number uh, number 25. Just like Murray. Latavius Murray the last couple years is now the Saints number two running back. And of course, a guy by the name of Alexander Madison with the Minnesota Vikings is also wearing number 25. So cool number, I suppose, for number two running backs. The Jarvis Landry, absolutely spectacular. Never got in the end zone, but 167 total yards. Ricky Seals-Jones with 82 yards as well. What a fun game for the Cleveland Browns today. Congratulations, Vince Germano. This is not the Ravens' defense of 2000 or even 2012, but still, I mean, they're occasionally capable of better defense than this, but the Browns definitely took it to them today and a very impressive road victory for the Cleveland Browns. This is their best win in probably forever, and good for them. Good for them. Good for them. They won the Brown Bowl. They legitimately might end up sweeping the Brown Bowl this year, and maybe they will win the AFC North after all because they're in first place right now with this tie-breaking win on the road. Impressive victory for the Cleveland Browns. I'm very happy for them, actually. I am. Uh, Those of you that don't like Baker Mayfield, it is what it is, and he wasn't the reason they won necessarily, even though he did have some gaudy numbers. Nick Chubb was spectacular. Carolina... Hurricane Panthers against the Houston Texans. And uh, another setback for the Houston Texans. What the hell? Gosh, I mean, they're still in first place with a 2-2 two and two record in the AFC South. But, mm, ah, this is a crappy loss. Crappy. Crappy loss at home against Carolina. And I know Christian McCaffrey's spectacular. And that's just, that's what's going on. Christian McCaffrey, that hybrid super running back. And Carolina's defense showed up to play. And Deshaun Watson wasn't all that great in this game, unfortunately. Uh, He didn't make huge mistakes, but he did have a fumble lost in the game that certainly didn't help at all. And uh, something named Kyle Allen fumbled the ball three times in the game. That's pretty crazy against a pretty good Houston Texans defense. But the Carolina Panthers still won despite their quarterback losing three fumbles in the game, going Kirk Cousins on the bench. Can't say Adrian Peterson because he's not a running back. Wow. Uh, Kyle Allen, very efficient other than that. Other than the damn fumbles, he was very efficient, to say the least. Christian McCaffrey, gosh, total yards about sheesh, about 170 in the game. That's pretty good. 93 93 rushing and 88 receiving. 86 receiving, pardon me. Didn't get in the end zone. Nope, he did on the run, but not receiving. This guy is just everything to the Carolina Panthers. Everything to the Carolina Panthers. There is no doubt about that as now we'll gradually move on. Can you tell I like segment number two, <laughs> especially after crappy games like today? I mean, well, there's some minor details I could talk about as well, going back into the Vikings game, and of course we'll be talking about them in the fan interaction segment coming up as well. Whoa! Well, this was quite a... <laughs> this was quite a surprise. And I'm sure Rams fans were quite surprised as well. The, the Los Angeles Rams played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Right? They played up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Los Angeles Coliseum, one of the most classic buildings in NFL history. Just, oh, and it's so cool to see them there. And, oh, man, I wish they would wear the retro uniforms, though, and they're not wearing them this year. What the hell? Bring them back, man. 3-0 record. The LA Rams managed to score 40 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it was a blowout win, right, for the Rams? Wrong. Wrong. You're just wrong. Tampa Bay scores 55 points in the Los Angeles Coliseum, defeating the Rams 55-40. to 40. Liar! You liar, you! Liar! That is an urban legend, ladies and gentlemen. There's your urban legend of the week. I don't think anything can surpass that one. The, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it doesn't get more urban than Los Angeles. Well, except for New York, I suppose. 
55 to 40? What the heck is this? Well, it doesn't help when there's a, f- a fumble six down the stretch. I've been got... And Dominican Sue, the former Los Angeles Ram, ends up getting a uh, fumble six on his old quarterback. That's pretty crazy, and that put the game on ice down the stretch. It was still there's still a chance maybe the Rams could score and get a two point conversion, but then Dominican Sue, the former Ram, who obviously was one of the star players of that team last year, ends up putting everything on ice. Well, all you Jameis Winston doubters, where are you now? Four touchdowns. Yeah, I know. I'm just BSing. Four touchdowns against this Rams defense. I, I, I can't even believe it because this Rams defense is pretty good, right? 385 yards, four touchdowns, 120.5 quarterback rating. Don't look now, but the last two weeks, Jameis Winston's been pretty good. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been pretty good. Um, after an awful start to their season, they've won two in a row, and they just beat the Rams on the road. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. I mean, that is pretty freaking good, to be quite honest. I'm stunned. I'm surprised. I'm impressed. I'm... Wow. I'm very impressed with what they were able to accomplish today, to say the least. Hopefully Audacity isn't tripping out on you, because it sure looks like it is. From my vantage point, I guess it isn't, thank God. (laughs) It looks kind of scary with what it's doing right now. So, luckily, I don't think it's tripping out too much, but something on this... (laughs) I need to get a new... (laughs) I need to invest in something new pretty soon. Come on, send me donations, right? Don't we all like to talk about donate to this and donate to that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I want to do that. Arizona Cardinals continue to stink. They're in, they're another team vying for that number one draft pick, but they won't get it this second because they have that stupid tie thanks to Detroit at the beginning of the year. Great job, Kyler Murray. No, Now they can't draft your replacement. No, I'm kidding. They wouldn't replace him, I don't think. He actually has a legitimate chance to be special. It's just he needs more guys around him. And probably a better line protecting him as well wouldn't hurt. Seattle Seahawks have a fairly easy game today, 27-10 to 10 in State Farm Stadium. Yeah, those those commercials are okay with Aaron Rodgers. That's the only time you have fun with Aaron Rodgers is State Farm commercials. Kyler Murray didn't put up spectacular numbers, but you did see the special skills, which was nice. Russell Wilson, though, obviously the special skills are always there. The guy is impossible to bring down. His accuracy is insane. He's got a good arm. He can do this. He can do that. Uh, and he doesn't fumble, and he doesn't make too many big mistakes, except the last play of the game of the Super Bowl, pretty much. Well, one of the last plays, but that was mostly on their coach and coordinator there. Uh, not a very exciting game, though, to be quite honest. Uh, David Johnson, though, actually was more on the receiving end than the running end in this particular game, and pretty fun performance. But, of course, that's how they had to utilize David Johnson, as he's the other star of the Arizona Cardinals. This could be a very good team with a few additions to to, to his roster. They could be damn good. And how much longer is Larry Fitzgerald going to hold on? Well, this is the swan song, unfortunately. It's too bad. We won't see her, uh, We won't see Larry Fitzgerald play in another Super Bowl. Seahawks move back, uh, move up to 3-1 and one now. And the Rams, surprisingly, got their first loss today. So, interesting. A back-and-forth battle that not that long ago would have been a pretty epic playoff game. And it's not. And the Denver Broncos in our 0-4, thanks to a last-second heroic uh, a drive by the Jacksonville Jaguars after a back-and-forth uh, run there. Jacksonville Jaguars, big comeback against the Denver Broncos today. 14 points in the third, and close it out with 20 points in the second half. Coming back uh, coming back from a 
significant double-digit deficit down the stretch. In this case, an 11-point deficit. The Jaguars gradually made a comeback. It was a 14-point comeback, actually, in the second quarter when Denver was up 17-3. to Things just kind of went down, down, down for Denver. It looked like they had it, though, after they scored late down the stretch. Touchdown from Joe Flacco putting the uh, Broncos back up. But then they just the defense just could not hold the Jaguars out of field goal range. And Josh Lambeau, with the different spelling of Lambeau, of course, with a 33-yarder to ice things. Gardner Minshew, the old hunter cop, whatever you want to call him himself, with a spectacular comeback to uh, wrap things up there. Fourth quarter drive to help the Jaguars get their second win of the, uh, the season. Joe Flacco with easily his best game of the year. Not great efficiency numbers, but still three touchdowns and an interception for 300 yards. Leonard Fournette was ridiculous in the game. He looked pretty heated down the stretch, though. Had to be separated from multiple players. 225 yards on the ground. That is nuts. That is absolutely insane. Leonard Fournette, 29 rushes also. He had an 81-yard long, but never got in the end zone. I can imagine some frustration there, but he probably figured he deserved it, and he looked pretty upset looking to get some spectacular numbers in the game. But Leonard Fournette, huge blowout, uh, breakout game for him. And good job. And a game when the Jaguars had to make a comeback from behind most of the way. So still <laughs> pretty pretty remarkable what he was able to accomplish down the stretch. So now we head into the NFC North. The only other game was the Thursday night game. Nope. Uh, nope. Let's go to Detroit, Kansas City, actually. Let's, let's wrap up with the Packers and then start talking about the Giants. Detroit... Well, they had this one. Again, another game where they had it and they were holding their own and they, it became a bit of a back-and-forth battle. What an epic game for those of you that were watching in the first half. I know Mark Carlson and Iowa was, and I had it off and on, off and on, off and on here and there. Had the wild game on. Also, in the background, you can only watch it with uh, applications. Thank God for smart TVs. You can you can uh, smart cast to the smart TVs now. So you can use your phone literally as like a remote control. It, you can... Turn it on your phone and then smartcast it to your TV. That's pretty spectacular. Uh, Detroit went up 10 nothing. Kansas City, you just knew you just knew they would somehow tie the score before even halftime, and of course they did. They did a little back and forth. Detroit did add a field goal from the best kicker ever in Matt Prater. And again, they had Jason Hansen, who was great before him. One thing Detroit is consistent of, they always have good kickers. And that's one thing, that's one area where they have the Vikings beat miserably. And I mean, they have the Vikings beat miserably the last, you know, said so the last X amount of years, at least since uh, Longwell left. He had a great rookie season from Blair Walsh, and downhill he went ever since. Why are we even talking about Blair Walsh? Who cares? But uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, there was just, a, they weren't going to stop him. Amazingly, though, this Detroit defense, bend but don't break, bend but don't break, bend but don't break. Patrick Mahomes. Here's, a, here's an urban legend number two. Urban legend number two. No touchdowns in this game. No touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes in this game. That is uh, something else. Matthew Stafford, no interceptions in this game. Zero. Higher quarterback rating. Uh, almost the same yardage. Slightly better uh, completion percentage. But the Detroit Lions still end up losing the game because Patrick Mahomes ended up literally helping push his club into the end zone at the last second. Daryl Williams, literally Patrick Mahomes, nudged forward. The offensive tackle, the offensive guard, pardon me, that was helping push Daryl Williams forward on that one-yard goal line play with 20 seconds remaining. That was really something. 
And the Kansas City Chiefs end up surviving. Again, no touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes. It was incomplete. The attempt before that, Daryl Williams ended up winding up with the goal line jump into the end zone or push, push, not a not jump, a dive into the end zone. It was a goal line dive, one yard play. And whew, the Kansas City Chiefs end up winning. They would have lost the game, obviously. They weren't going to go for a field goal to tie it. They were going to go for the win. And luckily, that's the thing. Even if they didn't get in, call the timeout and kick the cat and kick the field goal and go to OT and probably win the game because more than likely that would happen. More than likely. Matt Patricia looked very pained on the sidelines. Uh, he did an amazing job. Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions hung on against the best team in the NFL. The only team that can compete with the Kansas City Chiefs today is the New England Patriots. I don't really see anybody in the NFC right now that is as good as the Chiefs or the New England Patriots. Detroit Lions look damn good, though. This was a very impressive performance. It was a home game for them, and don't forget, home games are, well, there's a better chance you're going to do something special at home than you're going to do it on the road. There's a chance you might beat the best team in the league if you're at home. There's a chance, but the Chiefs proved today that they remain to be the top team in the league other than the New England Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champs. This was an epic battle. I actually kind of felt sorry for Detroit a little bit, but I was happy at the same time. Cool to see the Chiefs win. There's no real reason to root against the Kansas City Chiefs other than, yeah, a former podcaster who made an ass of himself. We'll just leave that alone. That's the only reason I'd root against the Chiefs. Love their uniforms. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, there's no arrogance in that guy. That's what I like. He just plays the game and he loves the game. And he makes plays that are beautiful. And again, you don't see any arrogance in him. He's just plays the game, and wins the game. It's it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, to say the least. Detroit, hell of a battle, though. Hell of a hell of an effort by the Detroit Lions. And you know what? Hats off to the, Detroit, to, to the Detroit Lions today. That was an amazing game. No sarcasm meant at all to the Detroit Lions. Uh, Karen Johnson was unbelievable on the ground. Carry on, carry on Johnson. He was carrying on, but unfortunately did lose a fumble in the game that didn't help at all. Turnovers screw up everything, and we know that oh so well in these parts. Oh, do we ever. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cincy. Pittsburgh and Cincy. Oh, epic battle on Monday Night Football. Somebody's going to win, right? <laughs> Maybe it'll be a tie. Maybe it'll be 0-0. <laughs> Green Bay versus the Green of the Philadelphia Eagles in Lambeau Field. Ooh, yeah. Thursday Night Football. This was some fun stuff. Packers took the early lead. And then the Eagles have a 21-point second quarter. That was pretty freaking cool. And they end up still trailing. Nope, they end up blowing. They end up losing the lead. The Packers actually uh, get their club within one point after the touchdown pass. Again, another last-minute play there from Aaron Rodgers. Just a 50-second drive from Aaron Rodgers to Geronimo. Geronimo Ellison, 19-yard play, ended up uh, getting the Packers within one. But the Philadelphia Eagles end up surviving and giving the Packers their first loss. Thank God. Packers are now 3-1 and one on the season. Scared the crap out of all of us. Uh, Jimmy Graham ends up scoring against his former club. And again, a guy, uh, we talk about this about every other week, who is completely vanished off the face of the earth. Epic back-and-forth battle down the stretch. Jordan Howard, the former Chicago Bear, put the Eagles up very late in the game. Aaron Rodgers had another one of those big drives late in the game that looked like he's going to lead the Packers to victory once again and piss everybody off in Minnesota and Philadelphia and God knows where else. At least tie the game up and then see what happens. And then there it was. There it was. Aaron Rodgers ended up getting beat 
on the goal line with an interception rather than uh, uh, rather than the uh, <laughs> Packers offense running the ball in. But, I mean, Aaron Jones is good on that goal line, this and that, but Aaron Rodgers is what he is. You're going to usually go with Aaron Rodgers, 422 yards, but he threw a rare uh, interception down the stretch. He also lost a fumble in the game as well. Carson Wentz, very, very good game. Probably one of his better ones this year, I'd have to say. Three touchdowns completed. Not spectacular in the yardage category or even accuracy, but overall efficiency because of the touchdowns down the stretch. Carson Wentz, definitely good enough, particularly in that second quarter and helped the Philadelphia Eagles coast to victory over the Packers in an epic game. This was the best Monday night game, or Thursday night game of the year, easily. Easily. This was like a playoff game, and it was beautiful. Carson Wentz, big, big road victory in Lambeau Field. Probably about as impressive of a road game as he's played since coming back from the injury. In fact, I'd venture to say it was the best road victory since he's returned. Again, Jordan Howard, the former Bear. They didn't need him today, did they? But the Eagles sure enjoyed him very much. A couple of touchdowns on the ground, 87 yards. Very solid, just simply moving the ball forward. Almost six yards a carry, just butt-kicking. Uh, along with Miles Sanders, who also was very, very, very valuable down the stretch. Wow, very nice game for the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the rare cases you'll actually cheer for the Eagles right now because we're not going to be Eagles fans in the Twin Cities for a long time unless it's the NFC title game. Maybe this is a preview of it. Ah, probably not, but some people out there might believe it. Packers finally lose their first game, and Philly is just at 500, which is weird. So... So much for the NFC East and all that. The Packers are in first place. Detroit Lions are in second place with two. Nope, the Chicago Bears are in second place, three and one. Uh, the Detroit Lions are in third, two, one and one. And the Minnesota Vikings, two and two. We're 500, but we're fourth. Fourth of four. Yeah, we're fourth of four. And we'll be playing an NFC East team coming up here, and they will be the New York Giants, the New York Giants. It's been a little while since we played this club, and we've got a good little winning streak going. Oh, it's going to be a it's gonna be a nice game, I hope, for Kirk Cousins and such, and of course, uh, Delvin Cook, I expect a much better game from him. Minnesota, of course, will be heading to New York, so back-to-back road games, unfortunately for us. <laughs> yeah, oh well. Uh, New York Giants did host a game today, MetLife Stadium. Get Met, it pays. Uh, it paid today. And we're not going to be going against Eli Manning this time. Let's look at the Vikings' history against the New York Giants. Recent history, the Vikings have beat the crap out of Eli Manning for the most part. Back before the uh, playoffs for the 2009 season going into 2010, of course. January 2010, the Vikings destroyed the New York Giants in the final game of that season, 44-7. to That was really something. Had us all like, okay, now let's bring some of that action into the playoffs. We did against Dallas, and we did against New Orleans, too. We just didn't hang on to the ball. After that, the Vikings got shut down by a Giants team that was significantly different in 2010 and ended up winning the Super Bowl the next season, of course, against the Patriots again. And then the Giants with the... (laughs) And again, again, the 2010 Vikings were awful. That was the Joe Webb season. Yeah, that was an awful game. Uh, I'm beginning to remember now. This was the game with uh, Joe Webb also at quarterback. Yep, this is 2010. Joe Webb at quarterback, and this was in Detroit. This was an awful game, if I remember correctly. And that was Philly. Nope, this this was the one. We beat Philly. I remember that with McNabb at quarterback. Oh, that was weird. It was Vic at quarterback. I'm going crazy now. Um, 2013, the New York Giants 
all over the Vikings as well. An awful Viking team. Very forgettable season in 2013 and the last in Leslie Frazier's uh, run there. That was a joke. Just a joke of a game. Giants all over the Vikings that year. Not even a good team. Then the Vikings absolutely destroy the Giants leading into the playoffs, just like the year, just like uh, years before, after the 20, uh, 2009 season, 49 to 17, absolutely a destroy a Giants team with no offensive line, which has still been a problem up until this year, which is getting a little better finally. And the Vikings beat up on the Giants pretty good early in 2006, I believe. This is when the Vikings became 4 and 0 or 5 and 0 in the Sam Bradford season. Vikings defense was historically good. We were getting compared to the 85 Bears. We were getting compared to the, you know, all the great teams of the past with great defenses, including the New York Giants in the 1980s and the Bill Parcells and Bill Pelichek era. Imagine those two guys working together with the New York Giants. What a dream team that was, and that's why they won multiple Super Bowls back in the old days. Uh, overall record between the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings dating all the way back to the 1960s, including Francis Targington quarterbacking both of these teams. He was quarterback of both of these clubs, which is kind of cool. 16-12, and 12, Minnesota Vikings lead this series all-time. No ties. We're going all the way back to 1964, and the Vikings beat the Giants 30-21. to 21. Pretty cool. Vikings actually opened things up 3-0 and against the Giants going into 1967. Vikings lose in 1969, which was one of our best seasons, only by one point. In fact, this was the year the Vikings were absolutely supposed to win the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was not the quarterback of that team, but Lynn Donson was pretty good. Vikings opened things up 6-1 and one against this team, leading into 1976. Again, Tarkington was not the quarterback of the Giants. He was the quarterback of the Vikings at that stage. Unfortunately, no box score. But in 69... That had to have been Fran Tarkington against the Vikings in 71 as well. 73, Tarkington was back with the Vikings and led the Vikings to their second Super Bowl appearance, only to lose to the, oh boy, to the bleeping Dolphins, and the next year we'd lose to the bleeping Steelers. Yay. Uh, Giants get crushed by the Vikings in 76, and again, that was the Vikings' final Super Bowl appearance. We're still waiting for the next one. Vikings 6-1 and one at that stage. Versus the Giants' massive four-game losing streak from 1986. So the Vikings and the Giants did not play for 10 years and a month. 10 years and a month. That is some weird stuff. That is a, that's an anomaly. Because it's like you think, we only played 26 times in all those years, going all the way back to 64. And that's why a 10-year drought, these two teams playing each other, which is weird. I don't understand anything. But it wasn't as balanced a schedule as it is nowadays where you play certain divisions every three three or four years, so to speak, how things line up. Pretty crazy. Three years, per, per se. So you play teams a little bit more often that way. Though, yeah, weird. Weird schedule. Weird schedule indeed. Um, Vikings lost in 86, 22 to 20. 89, 24 to 14. 1990, beaten again. That was, of course, a great Giants team. That wound up uh, winning the Super Bowl. They wound up winning the Super Bowl that year. And the 1990 Vikings were not that great. 94, weird game. but uh, And it was disappointing. Vikings were 4-0. and I, Nope, this... Where, where am I going? That... Yeah, something's wrong with this schedule. That's a... <laughs> that's got to be a mistake. It, they, we didn't play them in 94 in January. Oh, yes we did. Yes we did. That was the game. That was the playoff game. 
and that was not a good game either. And the Vikings lose their fourth straight game to the Giants that year. Yep, I'm getting it mixed up with the 97 team, that's why. And 96, those years where you, where you had your hopes up and things went pretty sour for the Vikings. Um, yeah, the 94, that was the playoff game when Chris Carter fumbled the ball, get golden opportunity. Vikings ran it the whole time to lose it. 17 to 10. Multiple playoff games against these clubs, uh, between these clubs. Saw a little win in 94. Disappointing loss in 96 when the Vikings were 4 and 0. Who could forget that one? Well, yeah, I could. I can remember it. Maybe not everybody else. I suppose. Vikings uh, slide past the 97 Giants in a playoff game, a road victory. Saved Dennis Green's job. Very, very likely he was going to get fired at the end of the season. In fact, they were ready to fire him. He wins this game, ends up surviving, and then you had the 98 Vikings, and it was spectacular. Vikings all over the 99 Giants. 2001, 41 donut. Yep, that was an NFC Championship game we all want to forget. Things kind of went forward. Uh, easy easy peasy win the next year. A meaningless meaningless victory for the Vikings who wound up 5-11 and and Dennis Green lost his job, rightfully so. You move forward. Three-game losing streak from 2002 to 2004. We played how many years in a row did we play the Giants there? Sheesh. Almost every year for a while there. Wow. 0-1 twice, of course. Yep. You know, in the playoff game and then the next season 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, 0-5, I mean, well, there was no 0-6. Vikings lose three in a row to the Giants, and then we win three in a row, 05, 08, blah, blah, blah. And then again, the recent history, we just talked about that, the few blowouts. Um, I think the Vikings' chances of beating this team are good, but I'm not too impressed with how the Vikings played today. I'm not too encouraged, per se. Sorry for dragging that out as long as I did, but it's some interesting history between these teams. So apologize if that was dragged out a little longer than maybe needed, but... I don't know. We like to go down the history road with this team, don't we? A little bit. The Vikings have been around since 1961, and the Giants have been around forever. They're one of the oldest teams in NFL history, and they've won four Super Bowls and blah, blah, blah. Eli Manning is no longer the starting quarterback, which is crazy. But that's how it goes, obviously. Daniel Jones looks solid. He looks efficient. He wasn't great today, though. A couple interceptions. Neither was Case Keenum. He was just flipping awful. 6-11, and 11, Dwayne Haskins gets his first uh, action as a rookie, and he throws three interceptions. Wow, nice debut for uh, the first-round pick, Dwayne Haskins Jr. Three interceptions, 107 yards, 53%. Ouch, he was sacked twice, didn't lose a fumble. Case Keenum, four total interceptions for the Washington Redskins today. They looked more like the Deadskins in today's game. Adrian Peterson trying to get into Frank Gore territory. He's not going to do it on games like today. And, of course, his team being behind didn't help, but he didn't provide all that much either. But that's what happens when you're ancient. Nine-yard long for Adrian, 28 total gain. Uh, Wayne Gallman Jr. led the Giants in today's game, uh, rushing. That's a guy to think about, of course. Daniel Jones mobile, kind of like Josh Allen for the uh, Buffalo Bills, who, again, also threw three interceptions today. Sterling Shepard's been a name that's been around. Obviously, and he's one of the top receivers for the New York Giants. Evan Ingram, Rhett Ellison. Oh, Rhett Ellison is actually getting yards now. Uh, once in a blue moon, he did for Minnesota. Remember when he left years ago? Uh, he wanted like more money, this and that. He was didn't feel appreciated by the Vikings. Didn't think they used him enough, this and that. And his dad was just a, kind of a dork about it. Uh, it was mostly his dad more than Red Ellison, per se. So it was a negative uh, relationship. And he's, well, he got a couple targets in today's game. More of a blocker. 
but they probably thought he could be more of a star. He's, he's a star, you know. 34 yards, baby. 34 yards. I'm telling you, that's star potential. But no, the Giants, they're definitely an improving team, and you're going against uh, Pat Shermer for the first time as a head coach again. He was head coach of the Eagles for a, a stretch. Head coach of the Cleveland Browns for a stretch. Uh, offensive coordinator of the Eagles, and, that's, and head coach of the Browns. Actually had a decent record with the Browns. Sterling Shepard, I mean, he's had his moments per se. He certainly has. He's never gotten over a 1,000 yards receiving, but he's certainly got a solid game to him. He can, you know, and, of course, his quarterback hasn't been good the past few years. Eight touchdowns as a rookie since then. Very quiet per se, but a good game today. And go with a young quarterback who's got a little more energy and hopefully an improving offensive line for the Giants' sake. They could be something. The Vikings have not been good on the road. They have not. Uh, this is no shoe-in at all. Uh, Vikings history in New York has not been so great either, but we've had success. Uh, 2007 was a big one, 41-17. to I often bring that one up when Tavares Jackson came back as the quarterback and crushed him, 41-17 in New York. Uh, that was the last Viking win in New York. Um, the Vikings have hosted four out of the last five. In fact, we'll say five out of the last six games between these two teams. So definitely an unfair advantage for Minnesota down the stretch. Uh, Minnesota's history in New York has been bad. <laughs> it's been bad. Uh, Vikings have how many wins in New York? Let's just look at this right now. The first one right there, one Oh, and or say one and oh, one and one. Okay, the, yeah, real early on it was good. But in recent memory, the Vikings history in New York has not been good other than 97. Uh, 07, I mean, per se. 07 was good. I guess the Vikings did win in 05, but that was down the stretch when Brad Johnson was leading the way. So, but generally speaking, the Vikings have had some nasty games there, including that 23 to 7. I gotta think that was a better Giants team at that time than they are now. Even though, again, this is a different team than just the last two years when the Giants were like one of the worst teams in football. Oh boy, it's an improving offensive line. Obviously, you, you have Hernandez there who helps. He's more of like a, a you know, he, he's he's a good he's a good blocking guard there for the Giants. It's a team with talent. It's a team still lacking in a lot of ways, but they're in the upper half offensively, and it helps when. You know, you have Daniel Jones leading the way, other than, you know, what Eli Manning used to be. And it's it's kind of sad to see Eli Manning's career fall apart the way it has. It's actually quite sad. Uh, Red Ellison does get action, but he is, again, more of a blocker, per se. Will Hernandez, again, yep, left offensive guard. He's a guy the Vikings could use right now, I'm sure. But, well, we'll try our best with Pat Elfline, I suppose. He was supposed to be better. But uh, generally speaking, yep, yeah, they, they have Nate Solder as well, who wound up with the Giants to help out at left tackle. Certainly not as good as he was with the Patriots. Uh, Saquon Barkley is going to miss a significant amount of time, so that also helps the Vikings' chances. If, if Barkley was healthy, that'd be even worse. Obviously, he's one of the star young running backs in the NFL right now, but he is going to be out for a long time with an ankle injury. That helps the Vikings' chances greatly. Uh the Vikings need to win this game. I mean, I consider this a borderline must-win game. You go to 2-3, and three, losing to the New York Giants on the road, I think you're in really huge trouble. Um, I think this would be a bad loss for the Vikings. And you look at the Vikings' upcoming schedule, I don't know. I mean, you got to win this game. It's just that simple. 
The New York Giants, it's improving, but again, without their star running back, it's not going to help their chances. That's the positive side, you can say, at the end of the day. At this moment, the New York Giants' total defense is ranked 23rd in the NFL. So, I mean, that's nothing huge to worry about at the moment. To me, there's just no excuse that the Vikings can't do can't score against this team. I mean, the Vikings should be able to score against the New York Giants. They've had some lousy games so far at the end of the day. I mean, to me, it, it just drives me nuts that um, the Vikings played as poorly as they did today. New York Giants defense doesn't scare me, again, like the Chicago Bears, so that's definitely a major thing to think about. Uh, it's like I don't even know where to go. I mean, the defense of New York is nothing special. It's improved a bit. It has, and the offensive line has improved again a bit for the New York Giants. The running game is not there. To me, it's the kind of game the Vikings need to take care of business. Uh, nothing super spectacular. I'm not expecting anything spectacular with Kirk Cousins or this offensive line. I, I'm, I'm just not. I mean, I can't get excited about them right now with the way they've performed, generally speaking, this season, except against the Raiders. And that's why the numbers were very low last week, because it's like, who cares? We whooped up on a Raiders team that basically doesn't play. New York Giants passing defense is 27th in the league. They're, they're running defense at the end of the day. A little bit better, but generally not that, generally nothing special at the end of the day. Uh, it's, it's well, I mean, it's in the top half. It's, it's eighth overall. They've had their moments. They've had their not-so-good moments. I mean, you're going to have to get more action, continued action from Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. You're going to need more from Kirk Cousins, obviously, that's a given. But, I mean, it's just you hope that you're not going to get the interceptions. Their pass defense definitely is their weaker side when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Delvin Cook ran right through the Raiders, though, so that was their strength. Now it's dropped to 15th. They're tied with the Houston Texans, which isn't a bad run defense either, frankly. So, I mean, the Vikings should be able to score points against the Giants team. I, I got to believe Kirk Cousins should be able to get over 200 yards. You're going to need to get your wide receivers involved. You're going to need to get your tight ends involved. Obviously, a balanced attack. Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, it's time for Kyle Rudolph to get in the end zone and to have one of his big games. Um, he got that nice raise. He got that nice contract. You're going to need more out of Kyle Rudolph than what you've been getting. He'll block here and there, and that's good. Irv Smith will block. He's actually a pretty good blocker for what he is, a rookie, <laughs> rookie tight end who's going to fill out some more physically in the coming years. You're going to need more out of both of your tight ends, and the passing game is going to have to step up. Obviously, the pass pass blocking has been putrid most of the time, except against the Oakland Raiders. Yay. Uh, I expect a good, solid game, though, from Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, I hope. Uh, but, again, don't be surprised if there's a turnover or two or three, a fumble, an interception from Kirk Cousins, because you're just going to get that. That's who he is. Uh, Delvin Cook will have a bounce back game. I think 70 to 80 yards, something like that. He'll get in the end zone once because he gets in the end zone every week. Uh, but I expect a 100-yard uh, game from Thielen or Diggs and about 80 or 70 in the other. Uh, I think the Vikings end up being the Giants 24 to 17. Daniel Jones does have some ability, but he's still a rookie. And this Vikings defense is going to be as good a defense as he's faced to start out his career. So i got to think the Vikings defense is going to have something to say about that. And the Vikings end up winning the game 24-17 to over the New York Giants. That's what I'm leaning towards right now. It might end up being closer to like 20-14, to something like that. But I, I think both clubs score points in this game. 
generally speaking. No. Let's go with 20 to 20 to 14. Minnesota is going to beat the uh, 21 to 14. Minnesota is going to beat the New York Giants at the end of the day. Hopefully you don't have to worry about a late field goal to help save the day. Something along those lines. I think the Vikings are the better team. And the Giants just aren't that great yet. I don't expect them to do anything super spectacular. And if the, the New York Giants running game ends up doing a whole lot against the Vikings, it's going to be extremely frustrating. Because there's just no excuse. No Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley was there, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants actually beat the Vikings. There would have been a chance of it. It's a, always been a tough place to play. But I'm expecting a bounce back game. And I think the Vikings recognize this is one of those uh, season defining type of games. They need to win this game upcoming on Sunday. Uh, 20, 21 to 14 is your final score. Minnesota beats Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. I expect a major defensive play or two down the stretch that helps lead the Vikings to victory. Major turnover, possibly. Major interception. Maybe a pick stacks or puts the Vikings in great field position to score right after that. Minnesota wins the game. Bottom line and gets to 3-2. and two. With that said, we will return with fan interaction right after this. back here on Purple Mafia segment number three fan interaction thought I was going to get a call in from somebody this week and I don't see them at all so I guess we'll have to wait till next week and maybe something will bleed in during the course of uh, this week and we'll play it on next week's show so it is what it is we're just going to have to move on twitter.com so let's go to twitter at Purple Mafia show at Purple Mafia show we will definitely be hearing from Mad Martin at some point very soon here, I gotta imagine. Quite a bit of back and forth, so at least we hear from him here. Hopefully he's able to call in one of these days. <laughs> Would be nice. Miss hearing from him in a big way. Yep, yeah, he was yeah, he was shutting down, so that's why he didn't call in. That's totally understandable. Shutting down is in his well, it's a different schedule for him. Uh Northern Scotland, it the sun sets a little earlier in Northern Scotland than it does here in the United States. So that's definitely a major consideration when you think about that want to thank uh, Gerald Sring for retweeting the most recent episode pillaging the Raiders this one it's just like we have another backup quarterback beating us we'll get that together here in a second Mad Martin says Trubisky is still in the medical tent that looked bad yeah the dislocated shoulder most likely D cannot get off the field against a backup quarterback good grief could be a long night why can this team not start a road game D is starting to slow again. Cousins will have to step up to the plate. Time to earn those big bucks. And he generally speaking did not. He says, I am getting angry now. Cousins need to play like the quarterback he's being paid to be. This is bleeping horrible to watch. I was waiting to send some audio in, but wanted to wait till the, after this game. So yeah, I mean, it'll, just, it'll probably end up going on the next show, which is totally fine. It's totally fine. And it's always just gold. Anything he, Mad Martin has to say is gold. He says, sadly... It'll be way too late, but what they are believed, but they are what I believe they are. Cousins and this D cannot deliver in clutch games. As like forever, we cannot find that quarterback to take us to the promised land. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I that's where we're at. And that's kind of just more and more telling the story right here. Lose this, just blow it and start again. Our defense needs a real rocket up their collective arse. There's no pressure blown coverage, and making a second-string quarterback look like Brady. WTF. Absolutely nothing to be positive about in 
that half. That was in the first half. Either side of the ball. Zimmer will have to work his magic on D. As to I have as to the O, I have no I've I've no clue what they'll do. Cousins needs to Cousins needs to beat a good D and make a statement instead of just handing the ball off. Oh boy, just sacked and fumbled. Bleep. Yep, 55 yards of offense up until that half. Yeah, yet again, Zimmer has failed to prepare his team for a big divisional game on the road. The coaching on this team today is non-existent. And yeah, they got thoroughly outcoached throughout the game. Uh, the offensive schemes were smarter than the defensive schemes. They just were. They were. The Vikings were outcoached today. And Mike Zimmer and his defense was outcoached by, by, by Nagy. They were. Um, it was just a huge frustration. Mad Martin believes it's another season down the toilet. The Bears are just too good. He said, I'm off to bed. Time to end this crap. 85 million more, like 85 bucks. And that's too much for this performance from Cousins. What's Ponder up to these days? <laughs> yep, yep. I'm not even sure anymore. I thought he was some kind of a commentator somewhere, but I don't think he is. I think he's just kind of out there doing his thing in God knows where. Trouble is this team cannot take care of business in big games. Time to take the season off. So was paying Cousins so much, which which has seriously screwed up another Herschel Walker moment. Um, seriously screwed the cap. Well, it kind of is in a way. There is a little Herschel Walker too, but luckily it's not a trade. It's just a salary cap thing. And thankfully, this franchise is pretty good about the salary cap, at least in the Brzezinski days. So Rob Brzezinski has done a hell of a job in that, but I think he's leaving. So that stinks. So the Vikings obviously are in uh, going to be in a pickle with that, but luckily Cousins, only three years, one more year remaining, and I do not think her Cousins will be the quarterback of the Vikings by the end of next season, one way or another. He's not, uh, unless he takes a massive pay cut, and no, Kirk Cousins cannot be the quarterback of this franchise going forward. I, it's We've seen enough of a sample size, the guy is not up for the job. He's just not. The guy I'm seeing right now on the screen, who's not exactly having the most stellar performance I've ever seen against a good Dallas Cowboys defense, Teddy Bridgewater would be a significantly better man for the job, I think, to be the starting quarterback of the Vikings right now. It's just we were feared at the time that Teddy Teddy's knee couldn't hold up because it was such a freak injury and it was such a dramatic injury. We didn't know what to do, but you could just sense miracle and miracle recovery all over the place of Teddy Bridgewater. That that's just who he is, and in modern technology, modern medicine, modern this, modern that, that Teddy would play again. I, I just had a feeling he would. And he is playing again. So, all the credit in the world to him. New Orleans offense, not nearly as stellar as it's been in the past, but they still have a chance. In fact, they might score here. They're at the goal line with four seconds remaining in the first half. And here's Teddy's throw. It is incomplete. That stinks. But they have two seconds. They can get up one more play, which will be a field goal. Yeah, I mean, if you go for it there, that'd be stupid. So, they had to go for a quick little play, and that was smart, but unfortunately it didn't work out. It's a Herschel Walker move, though, Mad Martin, in terms of finances, because it's three seasons. You are he is the starting quarterback, if you like it or not, because you don't pay him twenty-eight million to be your backup quarterback. Just like the Minnesota Wild aren't paying Victor Rask four million, which is a lot in hockey. It's not as much as twenty-eight million is to football. I, I know, but it's still a significant amount. It would be like I don't know, whatever, fifteen million in football or something. Um, yeah, you're not going to give a guy four million to be to be sent down to the AHL where guys make 70000 a year. 
That's the thing. The Wild aren't going to send him down as much as everybody wants to send him down. They can't do that. That would be, you know, you just can't do that. That's bad business. It just doesn't work that way. You can't do that. You know, <laughs> just like Kirk Cousins has to be the starter. You can't pay him $28 million to be the backup and give the ball to Teddy Bridgewater or something, which I wish we could do. In fact, I, God, I wish. I wish we had Teddy Bridgewater competing against somebody else for the job last year, and then there he is. Maybe he wins the job, and the story continues. That would be the most beautiful thing ever. Let's get to the Facebook page. Thank you, Mad Martin. That was awesome. At Purple Mafia Show for Twitter. Let's go to Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And I will give a shout out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven. Trevor Wickerin, the founder of that Facebook page. Kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on that page. Appreciate it oh so very much. So I'm always encouraging you to join that page as well, where there's similar commentary, in-game threads, uh, during the week news and such. All that good stuff. So we'll continue off of last week's show. The comment from Gerald Swing out of Nebraska says, Thanks for the gold star, Joey. Never necessary, but always appreciated. By the way, obviously I was kidding about my comment of tanking the season. This is the most well-rounded team we've had in a long time. Hopefully, hope we can stay healthy for the rest of the season. Casey and New England do look be unbeatable right now, but anything can happen. I don't think this team will win the Super Bowl, however. I do think it will eventually happen, but in a year you least expect it. It's probably going to have to be that because, you know, even though the Eagles had hard cars and Wentz, I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl. And, well, they didn't win it with cars and Wentz. That's what made it even less expecting. So you never know. Maybe someone else takes the reins for the quarterback of the Vikings and saves the day. Maybe Sean Manning will be the next Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <sighs> Daryl Hogan says... Okay, this was during the, uh, this is the in-game threat. Is it? Oh, no, 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 no. This is the Laquan Treadwell signing. Yep, they signed Laquan Treadwell, and he was out there for a play, but didn't complete it. Didn't get past to. Uh, initial instinct is what the bleep are we, what the bleep are we, why the bleep are we taking him back? But I guess we can just pay him week to week and drop him when PB or Doxon get back. He knows the playbook and just put him out on the field to block. Don't throw the ball to him under any circumstances. Skull. Dublin, Ireland. Thank you. Skull from Dublin, Ireland. So, Dara Hogan. Thank you. Dublin, Ireland's finest. Thank you very much for joining the show. That's cool. Uh, Niall Klonachman says, You haven't a clue. You haven't a clue. Yep. <laughs> he was thinking, oh, so a couple of Irish guys having a little fun there. Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado, says, the Minnesota Vikings are an equal opportunity employer. Man, that sounds good. Leland Albertson, that was funny. Leland Albertson out of Iowa has a picture of a nerdy guy going, okay, like shocked. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Gerald Spring says, like a black cloud that never goes away. Brett McCarthy has the famous meme that says, what in tarnation? From one of the old black and white, old western shows there. What in tarnation? And then the, let's see, Yankee from Brooklyn Center has an image of a dog going, what? Bonnie Wild with Shaquille O'Neal doing the shoulder shimmy saying, I'm back. I like that one. Thank you, Bonnie Wald. That's cool. The shoulder shimmy from Shaq. Mark Carlson says, I thought it was illegal to shoot yourself in the foot. Ooh, nice. And Mar um, <laughs> Gerald Spring responds saying, I love it. Matt Emer out of the UK simply says, why? And, yeah, that's a good question indeed. But it's because he knows the playbook and all that. 
Vikings also again did re-sign Marcus Charles, the punt returner, former gopher, greatest story of all time and all that. And yes, uh, it was a good story, no doubt. Mark Carlson from Iowa says, now this is the re-signing I can understand. Maybe he is fair catch Cheryl's, and he didn't today, which is surprising, but I know he isn't going to fumble the game away. Thanks for the update, Joey. And yes, it, it, it's a good addition. I'm glad to have him back. It's cool. It just wasn't the same without seeing number 35 making those catches and running for seven, eight yards, whatever, and maybe once in a blue moon going for the uh, going the distance, which would be beautiful. It's been years, though, unfortunately. Brent Jake out of the Lakeville area says, plus, they brought back Treadwell. Jesse Ball says, all these old players coming back, I'm over here hoping for Culpepper. <laughs> That's funny. Mark Carlson says, I like what Joey Wyden said about Culpepper back in episode 11 or 12 or something. That reminds me, episode 13 is pretty special too, if you're into blue lines. Interesting. Interesting thought process there by Mark Carlson. Tante Culpepper, yep. At least he won a couple of playoff games. It wasn't as bad as Warren Moon and such. Guys couldn't win a playoff games for their life. So we'll look a little bit in the in-game thread before we move forward. Kurt back out of the uh, out of White Bear Lake says, "I guess we'll always be a mediocre team at best." And it's I don't know. There are times it feels that way. Josh Mayer Henry, who was outstanding today, out of Colorado. Unfortunately, I don't think I heard from Justin Mayer Henry, but Cedric Paulding answered the call. He answered the bat signal from Mississippi. Really cool to have Cedric Paulding back in the mix. So apparently he was unavailable. Kind of like how uh, uh, Dave Hickey is on occasion in Iowa. Sometimes he's, you know, you're busy working on Sundays and that's schedules for you. I mean, that's hard work in the United States, boy. I mean, <laughs> or for uh, the guy in Northern Scotland, Mad Martin, that guy is a busy son of a gun. He is a really busy guy. So sometimes that's why you don't hear from, from some of the, the classic Purple Mafia legends like Cedric Paulding, Dave Hickey, and Mad Martin, and others. Sometimes that's why you don't hear from them. Sebastian's a busy son of a gun. I mean, all of us are, man. None of us are millionaires, damn it. Maybe we secretly are and are hiding it. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado, sorry, says probably will be a 500 team since they know how to play when they're at home. They look like two different teams between home and away. And yeah, this year it's just, oof. Nice uh, competitive showing by the Vikings in Green Bay after the first quarter. But yeah, the first quarter was what it was. Mark Carlson says watching the Lions-Chiefs game, Detroit holding their own today. The NFC North is going to be tight. Wow, and it really was. Cedric Paul in a couple of comments. He said, oh, we need points bad on this possession. And that was in that second half. Our third down defense needs to tighten up in the second half. And it did for the most part, except for, you know, <clears throat> when we when it needed to. You know, right, Cedric? It just, it did. But then down the stretch. Red McCarthy getting very frustrating. Uh, Josh Mary Henry very frustrated throughout the stretch as well. Uh, Josh Mary Henry says, bleeping horse shit calls. Totally bleeped by that one. And yep, that was the... Uh, um, believe that was, yeah, Vikings got a stop and then there was defensive holding. Can you believe that? We, we got the stop, but then there was defensive holding. And, and here, here, here you go. You know, right when you get the big stop, Bears get the first down and then that's when they continued their drive, which wound up in the end zone. That's just disgusting. And everybody freaking sick and pissed off. Yeah, Brett McCarthy holding WTF. Uh, and then Diggs, of course, also lost a fumble in the game on a play that, well, it was a momentum moment in the game. The Vikings were getting past the 50. Diggs was getting into the Bears' 40 and and beyond. It would have been first down, of course. And he got the ball swatted out of his hands. And it was the right call. It was a completed pass. 
it was the right call. Yes, it was, and it sucks, and sucks for us and all that. Jesse Ball said, what's the deal with the Bears uniforms looking like members of the Lollipop Guild? They were kind of interesting. I kind of liked them a little bit. It was weird seeing their helmets without the classic C in them, though. Um, Brad McCarthy says, offensive line stinks a top defense. Yeah. Yeah, yes, they do. Whenever we play a top defense, the offensive line doesn't even exist. Cedric Pauling, Mississippi, says only the Vikings would be struggling playing against a backup quarterback, missing a two starting O-linemen. Yeah, two starting O-linemen. And no Hakeem Hicks today. No Hakeem Hicks, no starting, you know, I mean, the running game is mediocre at best. I mean, Montgomery's just okay. Tariq Cohen is kind of a bit player here and there. Celestar Thomas has spent a little while, too. He says... I'm almost at the point with all the talent we have. It's a coaching issue. I don't blame you. And you heard a bit of that on uh, AM 1500 after the game. Score North. It seems like there's always a bleeping soccer game on. But thank God you can have like the live uh, Facebook video. You just kind of put that on your mobile device and let that play from there. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, and Judd and all them were talking about. Yeah, they're not, they're not ready to see Zimmery get fired immediately. But there's a good chance by the end of the year he's gone. If this continues, and a lot of people were messaging in about that as well, that this could be kind of all she wrote by the end of the season. Like Zimmer's gone, Spielman's gone, this and that. There is widespread frustration throughout Purple Nation. There really is Purple Mafia Nation, Viking Nation, whatever you want to call it. It is, it's getting ugly. It's getting really ugly. It's getting really ugly really fast. Uh, years ago, it was in Zimmer we trust, like back in 2015. You could just feel the vibe, like we have the real coach here. We have a legitimate coach, a guy who's going to take us a long way. And now you're seeing that, I don't know, he's a little one-dimensional. And even the dimension he's in, it's not that great all the time. Even that one dimension isn't always that great. Dave Hickey was saying the offense isn't getting much going, and it wasn't. Hickey, fairly quiet today as well, unfortunately. One of the great guys in in Iowa. They're one of the Hall of Famers of Purple Mafia Nation here. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm getting some texts. Oh, I was. It's tough. It is some tough stuff. So we try to move forward here a bit, if humanly possible. I think we're going to get to the, yeah, I think we're going to get to the post-game thread, which are usually longer uh, comments. Because usually in the end game, it's kind of like a quick, like, what the bleep was that? What was this? What was that post game? And there are no visitor posts this time. Mark Carlson, out of Iowa, leads things off here. He says, I don't know. If this is our best, absolute best, then we have the wrong players on the field and the wrong coaches calling the wrong plays. Awful. Something has to give in soon. And yeah, yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. I really can't. Jeff Holmgren, who had a gem of a post couple of weeks ago as well. I remember, I forget if he got the gold star or silver. He might have got the gold. Jeff Holmgren back in the mix today. I forget where he's from. Is he California? Nope. No, oh, that's the one. Laverne, Minnesota with that Grateful Dead logo rocking on <laughs> the Purple Mafia Facebook page. He is rocking on the Purple Mafia Facebook page. The Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead. One of the coolest logos in rock and roll history, I'd have to admit. It, it is. It's, it's some cool art there. Uh, Vikings relied on the run offense all the games before, so it was a matter of time that they hit a team that was going to be prepared for it. Yeah, see, before, see, I'm going to interrupt real quick. It's just like when you play Tech Mobile, one of the simplest games, uh, you know, one of the simplest NFL games ever made, yet it's a lot of fun. 
if you keep running, they're going to put enough men in the box that you're going to lose yards every time. The game catches on to your plan, and it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're dead. Like, if you run, like, four times in a row, it'll continue to do that uh, men in the box, that, that eight men in the box or whatever situation, and you're screwed. And that's just all there is to say. And, you know, and, and that's basically what happened. So... So, yep, that was a good take there, Jeff. Continue, yep, and I was thinking the same thing. It's going to catch up to us because it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like you'd, you'd think, yeah, you'd think that the, the Daniel guy was on our side, but was on our sideline with the way we, we always want to, you know, the last three, four weeks when you just want to rely on only running game. Vikes pass offense has been the same since Zimmer has been there. Dumb passes for five or seven yards. Yeah, exactly. And the receiver's trying to make more yards after catch. That's the other thing that drives me nuts. Like it's a, a third and eight and you make a six or seven yard pass. And it's like, you have to break a tackle to even get the first down. And I understand the coverage is tight. It is what it is. You can't force a play that isn't there, but for crying out loud, can't the play be designed to somehow, somehow, some way be a little bit further down the field once in a while. I mean, it's really frustrating. You have literally have to force your receiver to break a tackle and receivers aren't as shifty as say a running back. And when the running back is absolutely nobody in front of him that's blocking, he's not going to break tackles either every single time. You just cannot count on that happening because it doesn't happen all the time. You know, guys guys in the NFL are good enough. The defenses are good. They, they make tackles most of the time. They do. Not everybody's going to look like a, a, a fool every single time Delvin Cook touches the ball. It, it's sometimes. It's not every bleeping time. This is good. This is a very good post. Uh, let's continue. Dump passes are five to seven yards. The receivers try to make yards after the catch. This is just another 8-8 eight eight team, and I think they'll be lucky to get eight wins, to be honest. Team is always not prepared for the game. Never did have any faith in Zimmer. And when they brought their $84 million quarterback... That was laughable because he's not very good at all. But the fans never demand a winning team or coaches and are okay with mediocre teams with a few stars. Hopefully, they clean house after after they don't make the playoffs again this year. But not so sure there is any good head coaches out there. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, uh, we'll have to get back to that as things go. As Ted, as... As our great coach always says, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can sense a little sarcasm, right? We'll cross that bridge when we get there, I suppose. But everything he said there, I can't disagree with. I can't tell you this is not an 8-8 eight eight team. I can't, and I sure as bleep can't say that the $84 million guy was a successful pick. It was a successful decision. I knew it was too much. I knew it was too much. And the whole time I was thinking, I should be excited right now, but why am I not excited? It's because Kirk Cousins has never stood out that much. He's had moments. He'll put up yards. He'll put this up. He'll put that up. And then Paul Charchian basically sold him like he was a freaking, uh, you know, I don't even know, like a freaking McLaren, you know? He sold him like he was a McLaren. <laughs> like a car, yeah. When he ends up being just another uh, Ford Mustang that breaks down every couple minutes. Yeah, I know some of you like Ford Mustangs, but from what I've heard, yeah, from close experience, not me, but people that are, you know, closely related to me, or close friends, so to speak, yeah, different story, maybe, maybe it was just this one, but <laughs> yeah, it looks all exciting, and this and that, and then, yeah, and then, and then it's not doing what you want it to do, similar, okay, let's move, Josh, Mayor Henry out of Colorado, Jeff Holmgren will get a star today, for sure, 
Josh Mayer Henry will get a start today for sure. We'll continue. He says uh, the whole team deserves the Ponder Award with the amount of starters the Bears were missing. We shouldn't have been dominated like that. Damn right. One of my favorite players, Harrison Smith, had an easy fumble recovery. Yep, that was stupid, wasn't it? That was stupid. That was stupid. I was cursing at him too. I should have wrote that down, and I need to write down more of these things, including the Cordell Patterson uh, wildcard play where the Vikings like made that look silly. The wild, the the, the wildcat play, it never works, does it? It almost never works. The wildcat looked bad there on a third and two, and the Vikings snuffed that for a couple yards loss and. Poor Daryl Patterson. Luckily, he didn't have a big game. Ah, that was a horseshit play, wasn't it, by Harrison Smith? Oh, that let the Bears get the ball back. That right there could have been a game-changing play, and it could have. we could have scored, but nope, the Bears did. Sorry for all the bad language, Joey. It was super frustrating, and hey, I was. it was bad language here, too. And I wrote some bad language as well. And Josh Mayer, you will get a star. All that passion and some good takes there as well. Really good takes. Dave Vicky out of Iowa. You have to give credit when it's due. The Bears' defense was dominant. Mac is the new LT. Yes, he is. Yes, that is the guy I compare Khalil Mack to as well. He is the new LT. I thought I turned that damn thing off. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Just about everybody that does a podcast, you're going to hear that same bleeping sound pop up every now and then. I thought I put the sound off, though. Shelby Lund says, sick of an unprepared team. That is it as well. Unprepared. Unprepared, and the Bears were prepared. They were prepared even in a situation you think you might not be prepared for, is your quarterback gets injured. Because you can prepare for it, but you're not going to prepare for it as much as you're going to prepare for your current quarterback. And they still were as, as prepared as ever with their backup quarterback. The one sad truth is, I bet their backup quarterback, being a more conservative player, generally speaking, is less likely to make that crucial, horrible pick-six mistake that Trubisky was. We might have had a better chance of winning the game with Mitchell Trubisky in there, even though he has more special skills than does a Mr. Daniel. I don't even want to talk about him anymore. I'm sick of all these weird named quarterbacks of the Chicago Bears making the Vikings look like morons. But yes, back to Shelby Lundu, I think might get a star here too. We'll see. Sick of an unprepared team. I'm totally over Zimmer. All all start of the year he fired he fired Keenum thinking that was the problem with the team when the biggest problem was the defense. He needs to go out to pasture with his $84 million man. Yeah, I mean, extreme frustration there. Looks like there's a reply here. Dean Christofson says, Go Bears. Uh-oh, look at ya. Go Bears, huh? And you know what? I don't hate Bears fans. I hate Packer fans a little bit, but I have Packer fan fans too. Uh, Shelby Lund is from North Dakota. Not South Dakota, North Dakota. Because I know there's a lot of South Dakota vibe on this podcast and some others that I've done in the past as well. I've all multiple podcasts, Timberwolves show. Yeah. You got Brandon on that one. Uh, obviously Tony Coleman, who's disappeared this year. That's another guy. Bad signal. Tony Coleman. I'm pretty sure he still listens. I hope he did, I didn't scare him away. I don't think so. I don't think so. If I was going to scare him away, I would have by now. If you know what I mean, he's basically stated that before. <laughs> uh, I hope Tony Coleman, hope everything's going okay with your brother. South Dakota's legend there, Tony Coleman. Brett McCarthy, there's another South Dakota legend right here. What has Keenum done since he left? Nothing. We had a better prepared offensive line for one. You know they have a tough defense, and they took away our run game. After that, we have nothing. And yes, Keenum has been awful with Washington for the most part, with the exception of one good game, I believe against the Eagles not that long ago, which is funny. But generally speaking, Keenum has struggled in a big way. 
Joe McCarthy. Hey, cool. I sense some relation here. Welcome aboard, Joe. I, he may have posted. Nope, nope. He's from Wasika, Minnesota, or he, he's in New Richland, Minnesota, and he lives in Wasika, Minnesota. Well, welcome aboard, Joe. Cool, cool, cool. Joe McCarthy. And of course, when I load it, then it backtracks and I got to go back. So, <laughs> oh, well, it's worth finding out where people are from, though, isn't it? So I got to get it right. Jeff Holmgren from Laverne, Minnesota. Yes, and I've seen that like four times and I keep backtracking into it. Joe McCarthy says, I said it after the Green Bay game. I'll say it again. The Vikings need two things. That's a coach and a quarterback. Enough said. Well stated. <laughs> you know, they definitely need a quarterback. The coach, he's good at defense. And occasionally that defense isn't as good as it should be. So I can't really... Here's the thing. It's like you want to think it's a knee-jerk reaction, this and that. And, oh, you know, it's not a knee-jerk reaction. It's not. Uh, Zimmer's been around long enough. It's not a knee-jerk reaction anymore. This is your number, what, six already? This is your number six? So, I mean, yeah, and I won't say that number three times. <laughs> but uh, the sample size is big enough, and we've seen repeated offenses. As much as we love Mike Zimmer around here, He's a good coach, but he's not a great coach. And sometimes it just is what it is. Just don't just don't go the uh don't go the Govers route and bring in another Tim Brewster type who's just got a big mouth and isn't good at anything. Tim Brewster couldn't coach his Tim Brewster couldn't coach hamsters to run on a frickin' wheel. That's how bad Tim Brewster was. He would drive them so crazy, they'd just die. They would just die of whatever. They would jump in a frickin' mousetrap. They'd be so sick of that guy. <laughs> Let's move forward. Tall Paula. Todd Paulahorn. Todd Paulahorn, that's a new one. Can't rely on Cook alone. He won't last. Need more passing. And yep, that's the uh I should just keep you know what I should call it the tech mobile rule. You can you can run a lot, but you can't run too much. Because when you run too much, eight men in a box, game over. And you're gonna be losing ours rather than gaining them. You ain't going forward, you're only going back at best. And <laughs> at best you'll get to no gain, which is absolutely useless right so good take a couple of back-to-back -back takes that were quick and to the point and strong takes there dave hickey says in one word pathetic cousins for the ponder award for sure whether he was pondering or fumbling he was pathetic but they aren't going to put this overpaid ass on the bench and who are they going to bring in Mannion? ha ha he's like ha ha yep yeah it's again the ponder rule the ponder rule the, the, the cousins rule well we're gonna probably call it the cousins rule from here on and on the vikings show on the wild show the minnesota wild show we're gonna call it the victor rask rule where the guy's making uh, so much money you have to have him in on the roster one way or another you're stuck with him like you can't pay off you can't buy out kirk cousins you can't uh victor rask for the wild you can't buy him out because they'd be stuck with that contract forever if they did that in hockey, when you buy somebody out, the contract gets split. So say it's $4 million with three years remaining, right? Well, guess what? You're going to be, you're, that is going to be $2 million against the cap for six years. The term doubles, the number splits, and the term doubles. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? It, isn't that cool? So imagine if we cut Cousins, it'd be like, I, I don't think it works the same as hockey. And it doesn't. Well, maybe, maybe it does. And if it did, it'd be like two years, $14 million against the cap. Ugh. I think most Viking fans would say, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Brad McCarthy says, what can you say? Terrible. Totally unprepared on offense. I think we bench Cousins 
he sucked today as well as the offensive game plan. And the offensive game plan was awful. It was awful, to say the least. And it was so frustrating and unwatchable. It made me sick, and I wanted to walk away. Justin Mayer, Henry. There he is, out of Colorado. There he is. Another game I'm glad I missed. Vikings suck. <laughs> Jerry Hicks has the... The poop emojis popping up, and that's all he had to say there. Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis. Love Jerry Hicks. He's a good guy. I, I miss him. He hasn't posted very often lately, but he, he posts every now and then. And Bonnie Walls, who had a gem earlier, says uh, crickets chirping. Gotcha there, Bonnie. couple of good, uh, interesting posts and memes from Bonnie Walls. Let's see where she's from, if possible. And there's no information. Okay, we'll move on from that. Leave her alone, damn it, right? <laughs> there is no visitor post this time around. This still ended up being a longer show, wow, because of all the conversations. That's what it is. So with that, I better slow down. I, I better get things moving here. Apologize for the uber long show, but I suppose you probably wanted to hear a whole lot of conversation back and forth with some of you guys talking Vikings. Okay, so gold star for this episode, Jeff Holmgren. <laughs> Jeff Holmgren, gold star for the show. Silver star is going to go to Josh Mayer Henry for sure. And the Bronze Star is going to be shared with Mad Martin and <laughs> Mad Martin and Brett McCarthy will be sharing the Bronze Star for the show. Bonnie Wald will also bring in a Bronze Star at the last second here. I mean, I, a couple of funny posts there at the end. Uh, one earlier down the stretch with the uh, signing of uh, Mr. <laughs> the signing of Mr. Uh, Laquan Treadwell. So with that said, thank you guys so very much. Appreciate everything you bring to the show. I wouldn't do it without you. Believe me, I wouldn't still be doing this as long as I have been without you. You guys are you guys are the show. In fact, you, you are more so than you may think, to be quite honest. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, with that said, phone lines 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in. To the Purple Mafia show, to your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. Thank you again in advance for that. There is the audio submission route. Use that. Use the free voice recorder on your uh, smart device. Treat it like a phone call. Simply press record. Start talking. Then when you stop, save it and send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. All of this information will be in the show description. Uh, Zamzar.com thankfully uh, allows me to use the uh, mp3 files or create mp3 files from m4as or whatever else got to give them a free plug because they give me free service and they help me create yet another soundbite today using an m4a file becoming an mp3 so greatly appreciated for that with that said i want to wish all of you a good positive week looks like the temperature is going to spike for one day tomorrow along with the humidity to like the moon probably because of her hurricane uh lorenzo i believe whew that thing really popped up into four and five categories out in the Atlantic Ocean. Crazy, crazy stuff. Hurricanes are crazy, and that's where you get some of this crazy humidity in October, September, October. It will be October next time the Minnesota Vikings play. We'll see some pink. We'll see this. We'll see that. Get your pumpkin this, your pumpkin that, your this, your that, and hope you enjoy the month, and hopefully the leaves stay dry for all of us that have to do lawn work if it's just your house or doing it as a business as well on the side. Hoofta. 
It doesn't get easy when it's wet. With that said, I better shut up and end this because this is too long, actually. I apologize, though some of you probably like it this way. Some of you might not. With that said, wishing all of you a safe, enjoyable week and a 3-2 and two record after beating the Giants on the road. I hope 